0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speak of the Devil with me, Josh Devilliers. For today's episode, I had one of my old buddies, Grant Robin, on the podcast. If you look at his name, you might think it's Grant Robin, but it's not. It's Cajun. It's Robin. He owns it with pride. So Grant is an old friend of mine, met in freshman year of high school. Uh, He's one of the only people from high school that I still talk to regularly when I go back home. Um, But in addition to being one of my good friends, he works at a place called Crossroads Church in Lafayette, Louisiana as a videographer and director. It was awesome having him on. It was awesome doing an interview style podcast. We talked about everything from the struggles of marriage to growing into adulthood, um, coping with mistakes you make in your life and uh, looking to people for guidance in those areas. We talk about the pros and cons of living in South Louisiana and growing up there. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast. It was fun to record, and it'll be out Monday morning at 5 a.m., bright and early for you to listen to on your drive into work. If you have any suggestions for guests that I should have on or topics that I should talk about, please let me know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I did want to mention that there are times in this podcast where my recording software froze, and that caused like little laps in audio. So I did my best to edit around those, but if you hear a little blip in the audio, that's what that is. So please excuse those. Yeah, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, dude. It's been a while, bro. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, You, I was listening to uh, the Real Talk podcast in preparation for this. Oh, cool. You don't do that anymore, though. The last episode was like June.
1: Yeah. So, you know, with COVID and everything, things got so busy. Uh, My wife took a third job, so she got busy um so we kind of put things on pause, but we one hundred percent are gonna pick it back up because um, we really feel good about that podcast. We feel really good about it, so we're gonna pick it back up probably um sometime later this year when she she's gonna be cutting down from three jobs to one, so when that happens we'll be we'll have a lot more time on our hands.
0: yeah, that's awesome um now like as far as what you do right? I kind of know you're a videographer for Crossroads. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So can you just go into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I've been working there for almost five years. I, uh, I went through uh, a leadership college that's held out of that church. And then, um, got really interested in media through that. I've always wanted to be in media, making movies and stuff. And, uh, that just kind of ignited it in a different way. I never thought about making videos for church, but, um, that kind of showed me that I could make that a career. And so I just kind of started doing that. I interned there and, uh, then they hired me on in March of whenever five years ago was a long time ago. And, uh, so yeah, ever since then I've been doing that. Um, we make all kinds of different videos, um, testimonial pieces, promotional content, different stuff like that. We're actually working on, um, our church does short films every once in a while. So I, I started that a couple of years ago for our Easter production. I had the idea of making a short film and um, we made it and our church loved it. So we made another one and now we're working on our third one. So that's probably the coolest thing that I get to do there because uh, it's pretty big. It's like a 30 to 40 minute short film. We, we hire actors, we rent out professional cinema gear uh, the whole nine yards. I I got a chance to write the script and uh, I direct it, and then I also uh, edit it. So it's a it's a lot of work, but uh, it's a lot of fun, man.
0: And that's just all funded from the church, right? You're not paying out of pocket for any of that equipment.
1: No, I mean for the last movie we made, we used my personal camera. So uh, our church um does use like my personal camera for a lot of things until we can right, buy our right. own. But um. Like, this this next short film, we're actually going to be completely, like, we're renting, like, the Black Magic, Ursa Mini, uh, Cinema Glass, like, all kind of stuff. So, uh, we're going all out for this next one. But for our typical day-to-day stuff, I use my personal camera for that.
0: That's awesome. And one of the things I respect about you the most, um, for those who don't know, like, me and Grant go back to middle school, I think, right?
1: Uh, I think it was high school, because that's
0: when I went to West it high school? Maybe it was fre- freshman year. Yeah, freshman, freshman year. But like since I've known you, you've always wanted to do something with making videos, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's awesome to see someone who knew what they wanted to do that early and is currently doing that right now. Like, that's one of the things I don't – it's not necessarily a regret of mine, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I still don't, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of just living my life, just doing whatever. I've been in the Navy for six years at this point, but yeah. Uh, so I kind of envy those people like yourself who had a vision and then are taking the steps to make progress in that field.
1: Yeah, it's a huge blessing, man. I uh, I remember literally uh, if you went up to you know seven year old Grant I and, and asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up. Uh, he would have said a movie director. I, that's what I always wanted to do. I idolized people like Chris Nolan and uh, just grew up just wanting to make movies. And um, it didn't quite go how I expected. I thought I would be making, you know, cinema movies, Hollywood movies, stuff like that. And then uh, I kind of got led into the the church world, but still, you know, just reminded that I, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I kind of am what I what I want to be. I'm a movie director and that's so exciting, man. It's It's a... It's a blessing that I don't take
0: for granted for sure. And you said you went to leadership college, right? I did. Yeah. Right out of high school. So was that, is that like a, can you major in film or like film study? So the way that it works is uh,
1: it's kind of like a, it's basically it's a ministry school. Like you're training to be in ministry in some type of way. So some people want to be pastors. Some people want to be worship leaders. Some people want to be, uh, you know, working with kids and, um, the first year that I really call
0: those, what do they call those, uh, colleges like, like Bible colleges, ministry schools. Well, not, there's a, there's a word for it. Like it starts with an M I think it's not a monastery, like a seminary. Yeah. Seminary, seminary. Yeah. There seminary. It's, it, but that's different than what you went to, right? It's different, but
1: you could sort of think of it on the same terms. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same purpose. Um, you're training to be in ministry while at the same time you're growing as a person and growing in your relationship with God. And, um, so I learned a lot about myself. I met a lot of new friends. We traveled the country touring and, uh, I did missions overseas for, for multiple months. And, um, so it was a lot into it. Like I didn't go to that college with the purpose of wanting to be in church media. I just went to have a a cool experience and to learn and to grow. And through the process, uh, we have what's called institutes where we sort of, you could kind of think of it as majors in a sense, but it's it's kind of more like electives almost, like you're taking an elective. And um, mine, my first year was youth ministry. I wanted to be uh, a youth pastor at the time, and I quickly realized that I hated teenagers. So I changed that really quickly. Um, And then I, uh, yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, (laughs) so my second year, I did the media institute, and um,
0: and the rest is history. That's cool. that's cool. So like right now about film production.
1: It's where my passion was kind of reignited. you know, like I said, I always wanted to be a movie director. Um, when I was in high school, I kind of you know, when it was time when you're senior and it's time to start thinking about the future, I was, you know, figuring out what I needed to do, and I kind of got discouraged from the film industry. Uh, a couple of people told me, you know, you know, it's they just kind of discouraged me from yeah. it. It's going to be very difficult. It's not steady income. All this kind of stuff. So I kind of went a different direction, um, which I kind of regret, but at the same time, it led me to where I am now. So maybe it was what was supposed to happen. Um, but yeah, I kind of went a different direction. Like I said, I wanted to be a youth pastor, but the media institute was what kind of brought me back. And um, I learned a couple things in there, but most of it was just kind of reminding me that this is what I wanted to do. And it got me in position to do the job that I have now. And um, most of what I learn is from YouTube. I Dude, tell that people is all the time, true. YouTube is my my college, my film school. Um, almost, almost everything that I know about video, uh, oh yeah, everything comes that I know from about YouTube and personal experience.
0: I, like, I, I learned how to play guitar from YouTube like any of this (laughs) podcast stuff, music production. Yeah. Yeah. It's all YouTube. But, uh, yeah, man, I relate to that, that, um, it's all YouTube scenario where like people are kind of telling you that it's not a good idea to get into a certain field or like to take on a certain job. So like for me, if you listen to the first episode I put out after high school, when I didn't get accepted to the Naval Academy, I wanted to join the Marines straight out of high school. And then my dad was really against it. You know, like he was worried about me getting killed and stuff. And he was just like, just, just go to college. And that was not for me at all. And then I ended up joining the Navy after my first year of college. So yeah, it all kind of works out, but I like, you just kind of have to do what's best for you. And it's kind of a cliche to say, just do what makes you happy. But really like Do what makes you happy if you're not suffering on the financial end, if you can afford it. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you do need to make money. But, you know, I think life is too short to do something that is miserable. And too many people get caught into a trap of, you know, doing things that they hate. And, you know, granted, a lot of people don't really have the luxury of choosing their passion because of their, you know, lot in life or, or, or whatever. Um, maybe they grew up poor or maybe they just didn't have a lot of opportunity because of whatever reason, their skin color or something like that. And, um, so they don't have necessarily the opportunities that we had. So I feel it as a obligation to make sure that since, you know, I did have some of those resources that I need to make the best out Uh, of it
0: and not just waste it, you know? Oh man, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I do this all the time (laughs) where like, I, I swear I have, like, early-onset dementia or something. Jeez. But, um, yeah. Come on, man. Help me out. What was I going to say? Something about how awesome I am. <laughs> no, no, that's not it. <laughs> You're, like, at least top three of my best friends, though. I'd say that. Dude, thank you, man. Um, No, but it was something along the lines of... of oh, yeah, yeah. So th- there's this curve, right? I always talk about this curve, about... Making money and doing the job that you like, right? So if the job I do makes a ton of money, I can dry my tears with cash. You know what I mean? And then on the other end, if I absolutely love the job, I don't have to make as much money, you know? But the balance you want to strike is like, at least for me, is like, do I hate this job? No. And am I making a good amount of money? Yes. Like that's where I want to fall into at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, man. And, um, man, I'm all about like doing something that you're passionate about. Like I said, I, um, like, like you said, when you're doing something that you love, the money, uh, isn't as important. Like I, you know, nobody joins ministry to make money. Nobody works at a church to make money. If you're doing that, you're, you're dumb. You need to go pursue something else. I don't do what I do because it makes me money. Um, the money is helpful. The money is necessary. Uh, I hope to one day make more money, but that's not the reason why I do it. The reason why I do it is because I'm passionate about it, I'm excited about it, but at the same time doing it for a church, I'm doing it for a good cause and i'm I'm helping you know people turn their lives around and i'm I'm making an impact in the world and that to me is worth more than the money
0: yeah, like for me, starting this podcast is kind of a bad financial decision. Like it's not a, it's not a big hit, right? The equipment is like not that expensive at the end of the day, but um, I, I'm definitely not making any money from this, but it's just satisfying to do. I've wanted to be creative for a long time. I just didn't know how, like, I don't think I'm good enough with music to, to make money doing it. You know what I mean? Or to like, I, I don't really have the resources to record as much as I'd like. So Yeah this podcast is kind of my creative outlet and I want to continue to do it for the foreseeable future. But yeah, like life gets very, very dull. If you're not doing something you enjoy, like even if it doesn't make you money, if you're, if you're just not doing anything that you find rewarding, I think you start to hate life. And I think that's very dangerous.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I know, you know, we're in our twenties, you know, mid, mid twenties and, um, There's a lot of people, you know, like you even mentioned, you know, um, for yourself, but a lot of my friends that, uh, and even people that are older than me well into their thirties that are just kind of floating through life and just, you know, working dead end jobs or jumping from job to job. And, you know, it, it can't be uh, a fun thing. I can't imagine, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's at some point we've all got to really like get introspective and start pursuing some things that, that we really enjoy and, Uh, it comes with passion man it comes with finding what you're passionate about finding that thing that's going to drive you because whatever it is it's going to take hard work it's not going to be easy you're not just going to wake up one day and have the job that you love you're going to have to work for it you're going to have to figure out what are some things that I can do to get me to that position but I find the hardest part is finding it and um, finding that thing and even myself you know I'm I'm doing what I love, but at the same time, I don't know if that's going to be what I'm doing forever. I don't know. I mean, I love doing it, but at the same time, there's other things that I love doing as well. Um, I help lead our young adult ministry at our church, so that could always be something that I am I go into, more of a pastoral type things. Um, so I don't know what the future holds, but all I know is that I'm just going to make the best out of every season. Right now, this is what I've been given. Right now, this is what I'm
0: passionate about, so I'm just going to give it everything that I have. Now, like are you in charge? You said you're in charge of a youth group or you just kind of do that every now and then at your church. So it's the young adult group at our church. So, um, you know, ages
1: 18 to thirties, um, kind of that college to, um, young couples type ages. And, um, it's all volunteer led. I just kind of voluntarily lead it. Um, we have a couple small groups. We, we have events called one nights that happen, uh, throughout the year. Um, so that's more or less just kind of building community in our church amongst people our age,
0: building friendships, building communi- community, uh that type of thing. That's interesting. And I imagine that like the conversations that come about between uh, with an age group 18 to 30 are pretty interesting especially from the perspective of church. Do you know what I mean? Cuz I feel like that range so much happens in life. So many first experiences Mm. and obviously everybody deals with things differently. So for people who are looking at church, God, religion, whatever, as sort of something to guide them into the right direction. I imagine that that adult group that you're part of is, is very influential in that thought process.
1: Absolutely. I mean, You know, um, we're all about community because we feel like at our age, it's one of the most important things. Is like, like you said, there's so many big decisions being made. There's so many things that you're trying to figure out. So many firsts. So many, you know, it it could be overwhelming. And if you're doing it alone, it could be even more overwhelming. So it's it's the mix of community, having a friend group that you can depend on, having people that you can be honest with, and at the same time, like you said, you know, we um, we very much see our relationship with God as that guiding factor. Now, you know, everybody's different. You, you're, you listening to this, you may not, um, be uh, religious in that way, but you know, we see our relationships with God as that thing that's helping us through this process. You know, like for my life, man, um, what, what has helped me is that I know that I'm not trying to figure this out on my own because I've got, um, I've got my relationship with God kind of guiding me and leading me throughout the way. And it's opened up, so many opportunities for me and uh yeah that that in of itself helps so many people our age that are just going through so many different things and trying to figure things out it's good to have a community of people to do it alongside with
0: yeah and then like for especially like 18 i would say to like 22 23 years old you really don't even know who you are as a person right yet. i i know personally a lot of low points in my life happened between those ages and then I think like once you start to get 24 25 and up you you kind of have a better sense of who you are as a person and then you take you take hits a little bit easier you kind of roll with them and you get comfortable dealing with them but yeah for sure it's really really good for people who are going through that to have a community of people to talk to and who have done it before which is also why it's nice to have those twenty seven twenty eight you know thirty year olds in that group because they've gone through it and they can relate to them and they can be like, it's fine like a big problem that people have is when they mess up or when they don't know what to do, they tend to think that they're the only person dealing with that. Do you know what I mean right when in like for instance, um the first time I drank alcohol. I was very nervous about my parents finding out. And then one day we were fishing on the dock behind my house. And my dad was just like, I know you drink. I was like, Oh, Oh crap. And he was just like, I just want you just be safe about it. I did it too. And I mean, that's just an example, but I feel right. like right. The same thing happens in those. And when you have a community that supports people like that it's easier to come forward and be honest with yourself um you know admit guilt admit fault and then ultimately that's how you grow
1: yeah I mean you said you listen to uh, me and my wife's podcast that that's what it's all about is we're we uh we want to create uh a space for people to be real and for people to be authentic and for people to be themselves um, because we find that especially, especially, especially in the church world, uh, that's very rare. People, um, will pretend to be something that they're not, they'll hide things, they'll be fake, they'll, uh, all for the, the, all out of the fear of being judged, of being looked down upon, you know, and, um, we, we are just here, uh, me and Megan are just here to say, um, dude, we don't judge you because we're going through our own stuff. You know what I mean? Like we have our own struggles and I'm very, very open about my struggles and I'm very, and Megan's very open about hers because, uh, at the end of the day, we want people to know that, Hey, we might be leaders in the church. We might be people that you look up to, but we're human just like you. And we, we have things that we're struggling with and that we're battling with. Uh, you know, I, I've been struggling, uh, throughout the end of last year. And, uh, even into this year, I was struggling with anxiety a lot for the first time ever in my life. I never struggled with that before. I um, always you know, looked at other people who struggled with it sort of curiously, like I, I just didn't understand it. And uh, for the first time, I kind of went through it. And uh, dude, it's so difficult. And now, But now that I've gone through it and I'm making my way out of it, I can now talk about it, be honest about it, and I can hopefully help other people that are going through the same thing. And um, that's just one of many examples of things that I've gone through in my life that I'm hoping by being real, by being open, um, people will, you know, feel comfortable to be real themselves. And that's when true healing can come, you know?
0: Yeah, of course. And for me, it's that relationship is true, especially with me and my siblings. Like I am the oldest, right? So I went first in a lot of these things. and made mistakes that I don't want my siblings to make. So I feel a responsibility and like looking back on it, I don't like that. I made the mistake, but I like that. I learned what not to do. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's how you grow at the end of the day. And like, no one's you're, you're going to make a mistake. You can't avoid them. I could preach till the cows come home until about all these mistakes, the way I made them, what you should not do and people may avoid certain mistakes they might they may avoid some right but somewhere they're going to falter the way that you rebound is really what determines how you grow as a person mm-hmm. right some people some people just don't know how to handle it um man i'm having a hard time like recalling what i'm going to say but yeah, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like yeah, you know, it's like you, uh, you have to fall to get up.
1: Yeah, it's like in the movie Rocky Balboa, he has you know this um, very incredible monologue where he's talking to his son, and he and he says it's not about how many times you get hit, it's about many times how many times you get back up, and um, you know everything it's a great in movie, life. By the way, it's yeah, great movie. The whole series. Um, everything not Rocky five, but <laughs> everything in life, um, you know. Everything that we go through happens. Uh, everybody says everything happens for a reason, but I feel like you can make a reason out of everything. It's not necessarily that something happened for a reason. It's that you can take that thing that happened and you can make a reason out of it. You can make a purpose out of it. Uh, you know, we're all going through you know all kind of different stuff because of COVID, and every, it's affecting everybody's lives differently. And um, but we can make that a reason. We can make a a purpose behind that. There's things that we as a church went through last year because of everything, but we can be better because of it. You know, we we don't have to let it destroy us. We can find new ways to innovate and be creative and grow. And uh, that's what happens with every failure in our lives. And uh, like you said, we're not going to be able to avoid failure. Um, We can try our best, but at the end of the day, we've got to give ourselves grace because we're going to mess up and it's not about um, whether or not we mess up. It's about do we learn from that? Do we take that failure and and turn it into an opportunity, turn it yeah, into a lesson I mean, and I don't necessarily it?
0: view it that way. Like I do. What you said is correct. I agree with you. Um, just w- like when I go through those experiences personally, I'm always grateful that I n- now have that experience in my back pocket because you never know when you're going to need it. Uh, it sounds like very minor compared to the subjects we're talking about, but like even just working on a car, if you've never done it for the first time, you do it. Like I changed out a battery earlier this year and I'd never done and it's super easy, but like you just in life continuously learn. Right. So like for me, I don't really apply reasons to things that I go through, but definitely lessons. Yeah. And that's
1: more or less what I was saying. I was using the word reasons yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the saying, you know, there's a reason for everything. So I was doing the little play on words, but yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, is, and I, is I mean, I
0: think some people do for sure, like look back on what they went through and be like, Oh, this is the reason for this, this Is a reason. Yeah. I totally agree. I just like personally, I just don't tend to look back on things that much as like prophetic. It's just kind of like, Oh yeah. I'm glad I took this away from that experience. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, shifting gears a little bit, we're just having a bit of banter now. Did you watch Poirier-McGregor 2 the other day? Dude, I did
1: not, unfortunately. Come on, man. I know.
0: No, I'm just, it's, it was, well, first of all, it's pay-per-view, so it's, like, 70 bucks. But uh, it also was, like, late at night. I think the main card started, like, 10 p.m. Yeah. But, dude, our boy got it done.
1: Yeah, you know, I I work on Sundays being... Uh, somebody who works for a church. So Saturdays, I'm always very picky about how late I stay out. I'm an old man sometimes. But um, that was one that I did want to watch, and I I regret not watching it because, dude, he got it done, man. I mean, look at Lafayette, Louisiana, dude. We've got uh, two of uh, some of the the highest quality UFC fighters out there in in D.C. and and Poirier, and uh, that's pretty cool.
0: It's pretty crazy. Um, Dude, all my Navy friends have to get sick of me talking about Louisiana I talk about it so much but it's just different down there like people are just so proud of the culture and like even if the state itself or or like Opelousas Lafayette it's not the nicest area right but like there's just something about it that once you get away from it it kind of draws you back
1: that's interesting to hear because you know as somebody who has been like I, I haven't left like you have yet Uh, at least not permanently. I've traveled, but I've never like permanently lived anywhere else. Um, It's, it's easy to just, you know, I'm very much in the season of like, man, I'm just ready to go. Like, I'm ready to experience something, something different, but I always wonder what it would be like, because like you said, it is a special place and there is a strong culture and not everywhere you go in the world, in this country has a unique culture, you know, because we're a melting pot. uh, We, we kind of have a lot of different cultures from around the world, Um, but Lafayette has its own unique culture, and that's pretty special to be a part of. So it's interesting to hear somebody who's moved away saying that, you know, they, I guess, miss it. I don't know if that's what you're saying, but something like that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, from time to time. Like, I've lived in places I think are much, much nicer than Louisiana, but every time I have an opportunity to travel, like I take leave or whatever, I tend to go home. I don't think I've ever not gone home on leave. And I don't know if that's like just cuz my family's there or like I really want like buna or something. But <laughs> there's there's something there's something about that area that's just very uh it, it just kind of pulls people together. Like everybody is so like has such a collective mindset down there.
1: Yeah. It's very family oriented, man. It's a, it's a special place. I'm glad I grew up here, even though I do know that at some point I I will move away. Um, I'm glad that I grew up here. I'm glad that I, you know, had my roots from here.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I've lived in other areas too, because I think one of the downsides about Louisiana is how it's like not, not close minded, but Kind of one sided the perspective is, or the perspective can be. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, just getting out and seeing other people's perspectives and kind of trying to take those into consideration has definitely been interesting for me.
1: Well, you know, so, that's actually one of the biggest things that I got out of my leadership college experience was that even though I did the leadership college here, there were people from all over the world that came, like we had people from Canada, from Haiti, from California, from uh, from New York, from Dominican Republic, like Chicago, like people from all over the world came to, to the leadership college and getting to know them. And they had very different perspectives from me, very different mindsets. And it changed my worldview completely because, you know, and this is not just a, a Lafayette thing. This is mostly a small town thing, but also d- just depending on where in the world you're raised, you can grow up seeing the world very one-sided. And it's very important to understand other people's perspectives, to figure out that your worldview is not the only way to view the world. And when you start considering that, it it kind of opened up my mind to a lot of different things, and it's changed me a lot, and it's made me into the person I am today, and I'm, I'm very thankful for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's why... I- I encourage people from back home to get out and live somewhere else for just a little while. Like, if you really love Louisiana, you love Lafayette, whatever, that area, go back. But just live somewhere else for a little while. Just see what it's like. And uh, I feel like when you have that other perspective, it it either either you say, like, okay, I'm going to leave Louisiana, or you're reminded why you love it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that probably goes for anybody. You know, if you yeah, grew yeah, up course, in, you know, Chicago your whole life, it's probably good to get outside of Chicago and go experience something else. You know, it's just I feel like, you know, there's just so much of the world to see and to experience and I never want to get stuck in just this little comfortable bubble. And uh that's actually like one of my biggest fears is like getting trapped in this small town. You know, like I'm married now and eventually I'm gonna start having kids and it's going to make it even harder to leave. So it's like every day that I stay, it's going to get harder and harder to leave. And uh, that's definitely one of my fears, man, is that I'll just be one of those people that wakes up and is 51 and has lived in Lafayette their whole life. And that's just uh, not something that I'm interested in.
0: How's, uh, how's the marriage? It's amazing, of?
1: man. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I've grown more. What's
0: it been, two, two years now? Uh, a year and a half. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we're still we're still new to this, uh. But dude, I've grown more uh than ever. I mean, there's no period of my life than I've known my my wife for three years now. We made three years of knowing each other uh in January sixth, and I have grown more in these last three years than any other period in my entire life. It's been uh, incredible. Um,
0: because you're kind of forced to grow. You know, like if you want the relationship. Yeah, to I was work, gonna say it's kind of funny because you're not even like, you're not growing because you want to grow. You're growing because you're, you're trying to be respectful to your partner, right? Like you're trying to cut out a piece of yourself, like a a toxic piece of yourself to benefit your partner. Right?
1: Yeah. And honestly that there are certain parts of ourselves that that is the only way that it will grow. You know, I mean, if you're single forever um you can still grow as a person but there's certain parts of you that that won't grow just simply because you have no reason for it to grow like I was I never realized how selfish I truly was until I got married and then I was like my goodness like I am so selfish and I really had like I never had to change in that way I never had to think about other people I never had to to do that before because I was living you know my life was just completely based around me and revolved around me. And now that I'm married, it there's two people here and eventually there's going to be, you know, a couple more when we start having kids. So I've, uh, that's been the the biggest way that I've grown is just becoming selfless and considering others. And, um, that's, that's been a big change for me, but yeah, man, it's, there's certain parts of me that have been forced to grow and that's can be very uncomfortable. That causes a lot of fights that causes a lot of, you know, me getting upset um, when certain things are pointed out, but it takes a lot of humility and uh, honesty. And me and Megan, that's the our number one thing is honesty. We tell each other everything. And um, yeah, it takes a lot of humility. And that's why a lot of marriages don't work because a lot of people aren't willing to to do that.
0: Yeah, I was listening to marriage. And uh, I think it's the first episode. But yeah, I was listening to the one about marriage. And uh, yep, I heard yeah, yeah. you and Megan talk about your number one thing that you that absolutely must remain is honesty. And I found that interesting because I was talking to my mom probably like a, a couple months ago. Yep. Um and my mom and my dad are divorced and she said the same thing. She she said the like I, I have a girlfriend now, so she was trying to give me uh tips, right? So she's like the number one thing is communication.
1: Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that goes for, for anything that goes for uh, if, if I have an issue with something that Megan's doing or, or vice versa, but it also goes for if uh, there are things in me that I could potentially see growing into something deeper, you know, like one of the things that we shared in our podcast is like, I'll even go as as far as to tell her when I'm attracted to certain people, because if I let her know ahead of time, like, Hey, by the way, you know, this, this one friend that we have, I just want you to know, uh, I am attracted to that person. And I'm telling you so that you can hold me accountable. Now, she's every time I'm talking to that person, she just kind of has that at the back of her mind. And if, if it's going too far, or if I'm talking too long, or if things get out of out of boundaries, you know, she can kind of say, Hey, remember when you know, you told me this, and she can hold me accountable. And that's how I believe we're going to avoid um, things like affairs and, and things like that. And so it goes for anything, uh, you know, communication with our money, with our our boundaries, with our friendships. Uh, there's, there's nothing that we don't tell each other. And um, I think that that's going to take us a long way,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With the attractive to other people thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's important. I think people get kind of weird about it when – they, they like are forbidden from admitting that someone is attractive. I think that's kind of silly because as a, as a guy, right. As a straight man, I can look at another man and be like, that guy's attractive. Right. So I know my girlfriend thinks that person's attractive. Do you know what I mean? Right. So like if I see an attractive female and she's, she, she's an attractive man, we just like, we just say it. It's, it's not like, it's not really like an accountability thing, but it's just an, an open thing. It's like, Oh yes, I understand that guy looks really good. Or I understand this girl looks really good. And like, there's no pressure, right? The, Cause you, you know, it, it's not a secret that you're trying to hide.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, like, there's a lot of things that people make weird or are awkward that, we try not to do. We just try to be very open about it. And uh, cause it's not weird. I mean, dude, like when I was single and I'm, if I'm looking at a group of girls and you know, there's 10 girls and five of them are attractive. Guess what? When I get married, those five girls are still going to be attractive. Like, you know, like they're not going to yeah, magically yeah, exactly. get uglier. The, the difference is now I have, you know, what I believe to be the most beautiful of all the girls uh as my wife and I have her and now that I have her those five people aren't interesting to me anymore um but that doesn't mean that I don't think they're attractive and it doesn't it also doesn't mean that if I'm not careful uh I can't find myself, you know, enjoying their company if I'm not careful and getting it out of hand, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then as you get older like uh, the the level of attractiveness of a person as a potential partner plays less of a role. Like you're not so focused on how they look. It's more like, can I live with this person? Can I be a friend with this person for a very long time? Right. It's it's at the end of like, cause cause looks are going to fall apart. Like you're going to get fat or you're going to age. You're going to get wrinkles, whatever you're going to develop like bags under your eye. Looks won't be there forever. So, if the relationship is started based on something that is temporary, it's going to be temporary. Right, exactly. The, the looks kind of
1: becomes just the initial thing. You know, it's kind of like a movie trailer. You know, you watch the movie trailer, it's like, okay, I might be interested in this movie. But the movie trailer is not the thing that makes the movie great. You know, the movie has to actually be great. And for being in a relationship, the looks is kind of the thing that's like, okay, I think this girl's beautiful. I could maybe see myself, you know, and then you kind of get to know her. And then as you get deeper and deeper her, actually she becomes more and more attractive, but it's not because of her looks. It's because of her personality, her heart, her character. And that's why I tell Megan that I think she's, I'm more attracted to her than any girl in the world. And she'll, you know, she'll joke. She be, oh, come on. You know, I'm not more beautiful than Beyonce or whatever. And I'm like, no, because of your personality and your heart and your character and your looks. It's the whole. It's the whole package that I can genuinely say that I am more attracted to you than, you know, insert whatever supermodel or actress.
0: Dude, I was talking or I was listening to the podcast earlier, and uh, I, I thought like when you and Megan talk to each other, it's just disgusting. It's it's just. <laughs> It sounds like the perfect marriage. You know, I was listening. I was like, this is just... But really, it's just like out of a place of like a a slight bit of jealousy. Do you know what I mean? It just sounds so perfect. Um, Well, it's definitely not. You guys are so in love. No, I I know. I know. But just the way you guys talk to each other is really funny to me because I feel like I'm a little bit more laid back and like I'm a little bit slower to show emotion, I guess. But you guys are very like complimentary, complementary of each other at all times. And I'm just a little bit jealous of you guys' ability to do that. I think it's great. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. Uh, she's definitely
1: helped me a lot in that area. You know, I come from a long line of men that, uh, aren't good at showing emotion. And I think, you know, every generation has grown upon the last, you know, my dad's talked to me and, and he's, he knows that he's not great at showing emotion. He's told me, you know, you're going to be better than I was. And then your kids are going to be better than you are. And, uh, it's been something that I've worked on because, you know, I think, especially in our culture in the South, it's very frowned upon for men to, um, you know, show love or show affection or, or show emotion. And, uh, man, I'm, I just want to fight that with every, with everything that I am, because I think that that's the opposite of, uh, what should be the case. You know, I think that I want my wife to know that I love her. I want to be affectionate. I want I want the whole world to know I love her, you know, um, not just when we're in private, but when we're around each other. So it's actually super encouraging to, to hear that somebody could hear that um, just from our conversations.
0: Yeah, and then, like, patience is another thing. I think I think, especially for males, I think females probably have a little bit more patience initially than males do, or maybe they just develop it earlier. But for me, being in a relationship and developing patience in the sense that when my girlfriend gets upset, she doesn't like confrontation. She has sort of an ability, uh, not an ability, but uh, a tendency to get worked up and start crying. She doesn't like she doesn't yell, but she kind of internalizes it. And uh, sometimes I don't think that the thing that we're arguing about is that big of a deal. And I've had to check myself at the door a lot and just be like, okay, let's – it's not that big of a deal. Let's talk about it. Even when really I don't think that it's worth getting worked up about, you know what I mean? Like I feel like I shouldn't devote that much time to this topic, but obviously to her it matters, right? So I've had to like suppress my own kind of psychology about what we're talking about right? so that – she doesn't like fall apart or think that I don't care. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and and I've learned that it's always like deeper than what you think. Like you think that you're fighting yeah. because, you know, you forgot to, you know, wash this dish or something, but it's always deeper. There's always a deeper trigger, you know, like there's these small things that happen. Cause I've had the same thing. I'm like, dude, why are you so mad at me for, for this? like, I didn't even do anything. Like, you know what I mean? It's, so, it's such a small thing. But then as we're talking, we're kind of getting to the root of things. And I realize, well, you know, uh, this is something that, you know, her dad used to do when she was a kid or an ex-boyfriend used to do. And it triggered this emotion. And I'm like, oh, wow, I never even thought of that. You know, like it's always um, a deeper thing behind it that we just kind of through communication. That's when we kind of get to the root of, of what's happening.
0: Yeah, again, listening to you guys' podcast when you uh Megan was talking, she was like she was like sometimes I just wish he would yell at me. That's how I that's how I feel but re- you know, reverse. So like my girlfriend when she gets upset, sometimes I wish she would just yell at me cuz it's easier to deal with. It's not it's not hard when emotions are high. It's harder to check yourself and to bring the what what do they what do they call that when it's like de-escalate, right? Mm-hmm. You just have to calm everybody down, sit down, and talk about it. And that's really how you work things out. But, yeah, it it was just interesting listening to that podcast and relating a lot to it in my own life.
1: Well, dude, I'm super so, uh, honored that you listened to it. We're, we're definitely going to continue it, I guarantee. I, I've been wanting to. I just am trying to respect this season that she's in. Like I said, she's super, super busy in this season, so I don't want to add yeah, yeah, anything of more to her.
0: I mean, the world basically fell apart. So. Right. Right. <laughs> Everybody's trying to rebuild. So everybody, everything's different in 2021. Not really. But uh, if if you look at 2021 and you look at 2019, it feels like 10 years have passed. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, dude. Yeah. A lot has happened.
0: Yeah, a lot has happened. But uh, yeah, man, we've been going on for like 48 minutes. Oh, wow. So we're going to wrap up went fast. soon. Uh, I think I want to ask you a few more things. What do you have going on? in the next, you know, month or so, anything, any big projects you're working on that you can talk about or uh, any like trips planned or what?
1: Yeah. So right now, like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we have another short film that we're making uh, that will be released for Easter Sunday. So I think it's like the first Sunday of April. So I'm like all into that right now. That's going to consume the next um, month or two of my life. Uh, We're starting filming at the end of February. So we have a lot of planning to do between now and then. And then March is just going to be, I have to edit this whole thing in four weeks. So it's going to be a lot of work. um, But yeah, that's... Does
0: Crossroads have like an outreach program for people that maybe don't live in Lafayette, Louisiana? We, I imagine a lot of my listeners, well, not I don't have a lot of listeners, but I imagine there's a good (laughs) portion of people that will listen to this that, or in Virginia or Washington? Yeah,
1: so, you know, as far as our normal services are concerned, we live stream all of them. So you could always catch that at our on our website or Facebook page or whatever, our YouTube page or anything like that. Um, but as far as this movie is concerned, uh, we'll be releasing it online um, after the fact. So probably, you know, a week or two after it's released in person, uh, we'll
0: release it online for the whole world to see. Awesome. Awesome. Well, dude, it was great catching up with you. I think this was the first time we talked in like, you know, at least voice to voice in like a year, easily a year. Yeah. It's been a while. So, uh, yeah. And you're also my, my first guest on this podcast. So I really appreciate it. Oh dude. Thanks so much. I've been trying to get old old Maddie McDonald on here, but (laughs) I think, I, you know, I think he saw it and and did reply, but (laughs) I'll I'll keep trying. So yeah, man. but yeah, man, I really appreciate it.
1: Well, dude, I just wanted to say that I I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm all about people pursuing their dreams. You know, I've I've started and failed a lot of things, but I've learned a lot. And um, sometimes you just got to do it, you know. And that's what we did with our podcast. That's what I did with my YouTube channel back in the day. I I just I'm just in the I'm I'm very much into people just going for it. And and so I commend you. It takes yeah, a lot man. of courage to do it.
0: Yeah. I think that's really the key for someone who really wants to pursue a dream. It's the hardest part is starting. Once you, once you're into it, you kind of improve and figure it out along the way. But if you don't ever start, you're not going to do it. Exactly. So you did the, the hardest step, man. So keep it up. All right, man. Thanks for chatting. I'm going to stop recording now. I'll cut this part out, but yeah, man, uh, take it easy. Let me know if you ever need anything. Yeah, dude. And uh hopefully uh, hopefully I'll be home sometime in the summer. I was actually home for uh New Year's, but all of my family got covid, so I left. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.